Welcome to... Why I love the horror genre is because it allows you to go completely fucking mad. Welcome back to part two of our Fright Fest review. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like a zombie's eating your brain? <laughs> I feel like I've eaten a zombie's brain. Wow, it's a, so you're an equal opportunist. <laughs> you're a, a cultural omnivore. Yeah, yes. I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in. So I can't actually remember if you watched Divide or not. No, I actually went to the disco screen okay. to watch Kidnapped, which I was kind of interested in watching anyway, but um, a number of people came up to me and went, no, you have to watch it. So, yeah, I did that. It's a Spanish film. At its most basic, it's Is a it film Paul about Nashi's kidnapped. Wolfman meets <laughs> the home invasion. It's not. I was going to say, oh, if only, but no. This this was such a brilliant film. I was really impressed with it. Um, yeah, a kidnapping, very taut set over. I think there was only twelve takes or something I'd read, and there's some use of split screen. So you know, it's it's got um, an aesthetic and brilliantly performed really well um, paced you sort of always feel that it's building up to something and you know it's not going to be good but you can't quite put your finger on whether you know why it's not going to be good or um, yeah it just keeps you guessing really to, to, to the outcome yeah I suppose it'll go in with those films that we were talking about um, what I thought the woman was trying to sort of emulate um, these sort of new French extremism I suppose you could lump this in with that I mean, I've heard people say it's quite harrowing the sort of uh, the sound was very loud it was um, it was quite a full-on experience yeah I was I'd say the probably the best thing to compare it to is irreversible um, you really care for the characters there's there's sort of an investment in the characters not not so much because of I think it's just because they're so normal basically I mean there it's a wealthy couple with a 18 year old daughter who are having some ups and downs they've just moved to a new place some guys break into their flat and it's a home invasion mm -hmm. and it's just very prolonged um, I mean it's all taking place in an evening but the way it's shot is uh, at one point the father goes out he has to go to the cash machine with one of them to like get in all the money out and then things start going awry um, back home with the other kidnappers but yeah, there's just real, like you were just sort of on the edge of your seat. Um, there were lots of nudging and stuff going on from people sat around me. Some very... What, nudging as in the uh, not jump, so much, jumping around? Yeah, around. yeah, um, jittering, yeah. jittering. Um, obviously, it wouldn't have been a very good on the big screen. I don't think it would have played to a, a big audience very yeah. well. But in that small sort yeah. of confined setting, it worked really well. Yeah, te technically adept and like I said brilliantly acted I'm very keen to watch it again as well just to wonder if I might have missed some some clues to what was taking place because it begins quite differently from how the film pans out um, but yeah I, I like the ambiguity of that anyway 
and I think you can watch this from US iTunes but it's dubbed and I'd say really avoid that because I can't imagine watching it's by Joe Pasquale <laughs> no but I mean I've obviously I've not seen the dubbed version but there's quite important plot elements with the intruders because other languages are being spoken ah. and that and subtitles don't appear when they're meant to uh, when you think they would um, so yeah I've it's a huge record. Uh, that's one of my joint favourites. Um, because, yeah, the, the film that was on at the main screen on Sunday morning was The Divide, which is by uh, What's His Chops, who did Frontier. Uh, Xavier Degen or something, is it? Something yeah, like? which I've got to say, um, after three nights of this I was I was starting to feel quite blitzed so I did sit Sunday morning out um, the divide I'd not seen Frontier but I think I'd, I'd heard it was going to be a similar kind of thing actually it's what people were hoping for <laughs> yes which um, the only one of those films I've seen is Martyrs um, and yeah after the woman I wasn't keen on watching something similar which is going to be someone beaten around a lot actually Divide is um, a post-apocalyptic thing by all accounts it begins with New York getting mushroom clouded um, what I have got here um, because uh, we did get the chance to meet Callum McColl on Sunday it was nice to meet him very briefly hi Callum um, but he's been good enough to send us his little review uh, The Divide he wasn't too impressed 2D characters are trapped in an apartment building basement after the outbreak of nuclear war as food and water supplies dwindle, tempers flare, and factions start to form. Some suspenseful moments and a good atmosphere, but the character exposition is awful, and the emotion seems to come from an overused but otherwise quite nice piano theme. At just under two hours, the film drags, and there's a weird military subplot which goes nowhere and could easily have been completely cut out. Um, I know Rich, Rich Wells, I've said, was staying with me. I don't think he, he, he didn't seem to think I'd missed anything. <laughs> by uh, staying in bed and having a shave <laughs> on, uh, on the Sunday. Um, so, yeah, The Divide. Uh, and But Kidnap sound like you made the right choice there. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Like I say, one of my highlights. Um, so, yeah, I got back into town for about four o'clock, which might seem late in the day, but Lord knows there were plenty of films to get through still. Where the next film up was Innkeepers, which was directed by Ty West who uh, has a, quite a reputation for is it House of the Devil? Yeah. yeah. Which I've not seen. <laughs> I've not seen either. But has, I do own it. But, but yeah. we've heard loads of good stuff about it. So there was... Um, how many films have we said this about already? Had a buzz around it. <laughs> um, how did you, This was... To explain, it was a ghost story kind of thing. It has two youngish characters who are probably show my age now. I'd say were Generation X type people. <laughs> they, they were quite a deadbeats. Uh, guy and a girl. Um, the well, I think someone someone mentioned that one of them was in Ghost World. Uh, oh the yeah, guy. The, the guy was. Yeah, yeah they, um, they come from that ilk. But yeah, basically they're on the final shift at a hotel, which has history going way back. But it's closing down, so they've uh, they've got a couple of guests, including what is it, a woman who's uh, with her young son. Is it who's uh, well? She seems angry, but it sounds like the staff are fairly incompetent. I'm on her side. <laughs> Um, <laughs> most notably, though, uh, is Kelly McGillis uh, of Top Gun fame. Although I've not seen her in the intervening twenty-five years, and it was, um, yeah, it was it was quite surprising to see her again because she's 
visibly aged, but then she, I guess she's probably nearly 60, but it's it's very unusual to see um, a Hollywood actress who's just let herself age very naturally. I mean, she, she doesn't look haggard. Uh, <laughs> it would be cruel to say that. She's still got very striking features, but she looks like a woman who's nearly 60. Yeah, yeah. She's um, but she's playing uh, a sort of TV soap actress who's quite washed up now and has, has gone into um, mediumship. Uh, and of the two, um, the two kids I'm going to call them who are running this hotel or, or tending it because the owner's on holiday isn't he Yeah. Um, the guy is genuinely interested in the supernatural and has his laptop open all the time checking out sites with um, alleged hauntings and whatnot. the girl I can't remember very much about her at all what's her deal did she want to be an actress or no she doesn't no she doesn't have any aspirations as such does she this is it she's <laughs> not a very interesting character um but yeah, this really did seem more than any other film. I think this really divided opinion because I got the feeling from uh, the people around us this was a real disappointment. D to sum it up, I felt this really looked like a TV movie, but then it had some really not gore, but um, genuine kind of horror movie moments. Of it. It's not something you could show on TV in the afternoon because then when the sort of uh, the ghost elements of it are very. Um, visceral aren't they yeah I guess um, yeah it's like um, someone's tried to edit in the scary bits of The Shining with uh, a TV movie yeah except there is actually the TV movie version of The Shining isn't there but yeah it felt like it does feel like The Shining obviously it's set in a hotel but right up to the fact that towards the end uh, I don't think this is spoiling anything towards the end the camera goes to pan in on these kind of sepia photographs but then turns and goes off to show us something else instead uh, and it's almost like it knows that that's, that's going to be um, a connection in people's heads. I just felt it really went on. It felt actually like maybe two or three episodes of a TV series that had been put together. Yeah. Um, but then there are loads of other people who thought it was their favourite film of the weekend. You know, I, I find so. that extraordinary because I didn't even find the main characters that intriguing I wasn't that bothered by him and that's a lot of people say that was the strength of the film I was going to say I could imagine people might f see themselves reflected in that because it's kind of a non-romance between them isn't it they yeah respect for each other they've obviously got little games they play with each other about Although I think the bell and it is sort of towards the end you get the feeling he's trying to yeah. uh, affirm something that <laughs> is definitely platonic for her mm, yeah <laughs> but um, yeah oh just as dishwater I was I was I couldn't leave because I was so intrigued because I'd heard that in House of the Devil you have this lot of tension building up throughout and you get a massive payoff at the end and I thought this is going to happen with this and bloody hell it, you don't get that whatsoever you just get this damp squib of nothingness <laughs> oh it was really really disappointing nice poster Really nice poster, yeah. Yeah, kind of looks like a mid '80s Joe Dante movie or something. It's got the sort of flair around it. But um, but like I say, a lot of people really enjoyed that. Um, just to go back to Callum's feedback, Innkeepers, a brilliant film with bright and funny characters with hardly any nasty elements, but still managed to scare the crap out of me. Highly recommended. That's the other thing. All all the scares were very obvious. If you've ever seen a horror movie. Well, if you've seen five in your life, you you'd be ready for all of these. Yeah, the one it did miss is the um, someone looking in a mirror on a medicine cabinet, opening it and then shutting it again and seeing someone behind them. <laughs> Didn't have that one. It wasn't far off. What I will say here, though, is there is 
a scare, I suppose I'll call it, towards the end, which seemed to be genuinely people gasped at it. You know, I think it was it's an old fashioned thing. I won't tell you what it is, but um, when you're watching films for this long, obviously you've got a really hardened crowd, and that that of all the films I saw seemed to be the one that actually provoked a sort of oh shit kind of reaction from people. So it's because they've been so bored up until that point, <laughs> it walked them yeah. out of the. Oh dear. <laughs> So uh, yeah, well, yeah. Callum's Callum's giving it a big thumbs up, um, but yeah, we were less impressed, I'm afraid. Then we had um, another foreign film. Not that many this year, actually. Not that many um, foreign language films, but this was one of them. Uh, Sint uh, by Dick Mas, who people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's very childish of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from the Netherlands. The but um, the fact it's about St Nicholas and when you said his name was Dick Mass I was just thinking <laughs> Father Dick Mass all the way through <laughs> this film <laughs> uh, but yeah a, a supernatural slasher bogeyman type of thing isn't it with St Nicholas there's a lovely uh, opening to this which um, made me feel that it was going to be like Jabberwocky or Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It looked like it's set in kind of medieval times with very over-the-top violence from the original St. Nicholas, this slave trader and his, his little army. Mm. Uh, but then, you know, sadly it moves to the... Well, it doesn't move to the present day. It moves to the late 60s, doesn't it? There's a sort of introduction to one of the main characters. The characters. But yeah, most of it's set in, um, in modern Holland. Uh, where you've got this kind of zombie St. Nicholas, so um, I'm sure you're familiar with the look. Rather than being Father Christmas, he's more papal-looking, isn't he? Yeah, the sort of robes he's got and a mitre. That. And um, something that may need explaining to people, ra- um, rather than having elves, St. Nicholas has um, Black Peter, Schwarzer Peter, the little little black guys in Elizabethan roughs. But that's that's that is how it's done in uh, well, not just Holland. I think it is around Europe, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I don't really Cro- know. Was I in yeah, Croatia once when this was all going on? It was quite a culture shock to suddenly see that it's acceptable to have people blacked up in these little mm. Afro wigs and things. And it's not seen as racist at all. It's seen as um, you know traditional. Mm. But yeah, it's them going around killing the locals. And I think, um, yeah, a comparison with The Fog probably mm. be uh, fair. But mostly played for laughs. Yeah, I'd say yeah. pretty much all the way through, wasn't it? Um, although I was wondering a little bit at the beginning because, like you say, it starts off quite uber violent, and yeah. even the '60s segment where you're seeing people getting taken out with some glee, I was like, "Wow, this is really going for it." And then, yeah, things obviously. The, I do honestly think there's probably lost in translation stuff going on here because some stuff I just didn't find funny at all or get. My memory of this is I didn't doze off during it but because it was in subtitles there was a point when I realised my eyes were reading the subtitles but not taking anything in. I really zoned out um, which like I say isn't necessarily the fault of the film it's more the fact that we've been watching films pretty endlessly. (laughs) Um, It's a film festival. Yeah, (laughs) We've been watching films pretty much non-stop. Uh, so even after that Sunday morning break this didn't really do it for me although I didn't think of all the jump scares with just something happening suddenly there's one towards the end of this which uh, oh yeah that made me really jump it was really well done yeah Um, yeah I mean it it was it was fun enough Um, heavy reliant on um, CGI effects which some were more successful than others Mm. um 
characters were well, kind yeah, of interesting because there's the cop character, isn't there, who's got his sort of uh, Saint Nicholas obsession. I think we were introduced to him blowing away uh, a wrapped Christmas present. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's a bunch of kids, you know, bright, pretty young things. So um, I've, I've, I'm forgetting about this already. <laughs> yeah, it, it like was it, kind of like that. Yeah, it did look like it had a fair old budget though, but um, yeah, I, I can't imagine that being very successful outside of Holland, to be honest. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the kind of films that I, French films I watched with my wife that I'd only watch because of her. Um, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> seek them out. You know, they're probably not going to um, be that popular outside of uh, the borders. But you know, it was all right. Hey ho, you are the Dutch genre horror, aren't you? And then, if if ever a film was um, hyped up this weekend. Yeah, it was Kill List. This was the buzziest of the buzz films. <laughs> yeah, everyone was getting very excited about this. Um, guys I knew who had no interest in horror films, when they heard I was going to Fright Fest, were sort of texting me an email and said, "Oh, have you, have you seen is Kill List there?" Like, this seems to have had quite a bit of publicity, and um, well, I don't know how relevant it is, but yeah, there were there were freebie bags were they being given away with the whole Kill List? Yeah, for uh, the weekend yeah. pass holders you, each year you get a bag full of goodies, goodies or whatever yeah. and one film is usually emblazoned across it and Kill This was the one this year Yeah, and uh, the introduction to the entire festival on Thursday night I remember uh, Alan Jones saying it was definitely the sort of the big film, you know, it's the one everyone was waiting for so, um, and indeed what was it? it was introduced by the guy from Total Film wasn't it, who I thought uh, with some error kind of went on about how awful and commercial filmmaking Yes. <laughs> Wretched Hollywood product. I thought, are you, what, you're involved with Total Film magazine? Is this a wise <laughs> thing to be saying? Um, but yeah, he was selling it for its originality and, you know, uh, didn't want to tell us anything. Uh, he and Ben Wheatley, the director, didn't want to tell us too much, uh, which is fair dues. It's, it's good to generate a mystery. Um, so I'll come straight out. What did you think of this? Uh, it was my favourite by far. Well, I say by far, a joint favourite with Kidnapped, but they were right. both. Of my favourites um, by a long way. Um, I absolutely loved it. I'm a big fan of Down Terrace, which was Wheatley's first film, and I think a lot of people who probably listen to this show will know about that anyway, which is a great movie. But this, yeah, it just that's not a horror though, is it? I think it's more no. of a Shane Meadows sounding. Yeah, but you know, there's again, what why this worked to me is that you know it's a different kind of horror. It's that dread, that yeah. dread-inducing feel throughout. Yeah. Um, down Terrace kind of has moments of that um, but whereas Kill List that's definitely it becomes sustained about halfway through doesn't it? Well, yeah. maybe two thirds of the way through. The whole appeal of Kill List I think is that there is a mystery and you're not sure where it's going so we're not going to say too much about it In fact, if, if your list, this is going to be at the cinemas around the time that this, um, this show goes up um, but basically you've got a pair of hitmen I think we can say that although it takes a while to establish you know there's something dodgy about them they might be bank robbers or something mm. uh, ex-military um, played by Michael Smiley and who's that? Uh, Neil Maskell Neil who his <laughs> Neil Maskell is probably more famous for his roles in the likes of um, The Football Factory or uh, I think he was in Dogtown Jake West's horror um, he's a bit of an East End geezer yeah. kind of um, actor usually, but yeah, um, we, we see the two of them uh, in a kind of fairly domestic setup. Um, uh, Maskell's character seems to have a bit of a fraught relationship with his uh, girlfriend or wife, although they're not 
ready to leave each other there seems to be some genuine love but just very violent arguments between them um, verbally mostly isn't it yeah yeah and have a young child um, and there's obviously I mean he's seen early on taking some form of medication as well and he often he goes out for a fag in the garage and has his head in his hands you know that it's that kind of but yeah existence again you know you're wondering how this is going to qualify as a horror film um, because we're watching it at a horror film festival I'm sure if you just saw it on TV you might think this is going to be a, a kind of um, Danny Dyer kind of thing <laughs> that's me because it's, it's better made than that but um, it's in, it's going to be hanging around in that area or again I've not read her books but Martine Nicole is it deals with that kind of East End crime right. kind of thing um, but yes little things happen that suggest this is going to go off in a different direction um, and yeah it's it does qualify as a horror movie but we don't really want to tell you much more about it than that yeah, um, I th- I they, think you they carry out various hits and a mystery kind of uh, unfolds yeah um, yeah I think that I did enjoy this a lot I think it's really well made and it's, it's well worth a look it, it did suffer from having too much um, pre-screening hype and especially someone telling you how original it is because you're you are expecting to see something you've never seen before and I did the, it's annoying there are about three films this very specifically reminds me of and I'm sure people will know what they are when they've watched it but I don't want to say what those films are um, it is it is really good but possibly lower your expectations in terms of getting knocked out by originality yeah I mean I, I think the thing that I loved about the things I loved about it wasn't it wasn't hinged on originality for me no, at all. That's how it's been. Yeah, and that's very unfortunate but. for it, I think. Um but yeah, I mean brilliantly shot, superbly acted. Um and yeah, not original, but I do like the setup. I do like the yeah, you, the, the you idea of it just building, building and building. You want to know where it's going because things are hinted at and uh I'm going to say by the end of it not everything's resolved but that's great because there's enough information there that you probably can I can imagine if this did get a good following people could have a lot of um, booze fuel conversations about what they think this meant and where, yeah. at what point does this you know begin and da 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 da, da. I did that after and, and <laughs> I spent <laughs> a lot of Monday <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean that, that, Which, that's kind of a sign yeah. of a good movie no I think itself. that's the way you should do it I mean it, it, it's um not the most obvious comparison, but it's kind of like the TV series The Prisoner, which famously has quite an ambiguous ending. But there's enough there that you, there is an ending to it. It's not like you don't know what's happened at all. But the fact that it raises questions and gives you enough space to come up with your own little theories is what keeps these things alive and you know, and, and giving them a bit of a following. So yeah, well worth checking out. But uh, maybe lower your expectations a little bit. Um, what we should mention about the screening is. The caliber of questions the audience asked afterwards, because yeah, Wheatley, Ben Wheatley, the director, was on stage along with um, all of the principal cast, and the questions, oh my god! I mean, I can appreciate people can be nervous in that situation, and for some of them, you got what they were meant to be asking, but phrased badly. You know, God knows if you're listening back to these podcasts, <laughs> we do the same thing, and we've got the luxury of um, edits and retakes. But yeah, when someone's saying, "Did you start with the ending, or did you do it properly?" <laughs> oh, what was the one? Did you meant to 
Did you meant to keep that in? Well, yeah, there's some very graphic yeah. scenes of violence. There's uh, one particular one which is. Yeah, and the guy asked him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, d- I was supposed to see that. Were you meant to keep it in? And we it was like. There was some laughter from the audience then, and we, it was out. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I was surprised as you when I saw it. He <laughs> <laughs> did sound a little bit put out by it. What was, was the one? How did you do the rainbow? Did you just to get people to drive around and look for one? <laughs> <laughs> and he did seem flabbergasted by these, and quite world weary. But you know, I suppose he knew enough other people there were, um, you know, really rooting for it. <laughs> they knew exactly what he was dealing with. Um, so yeah, kill this. Not quite worth the hype, but definitely worth checking out. They're bad people. They should suffer. And so to Monday, because there was one other film um, to round off Sunday Night Detention, which was... um, The description of that was a spoof teen slasher. And I've got to say, after the experience of Chillerama, I really wasn't feeling like um, sitting through that again. We still had another... Well, we thought we had a packed day of films ahead of us for Monday, so I thought it would be an idea to um, get a good night's sleep. Did we have a packed day of films ahead of us on Monday? Um, I think originally, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got the list down here. (laughs) But yeah, things kicked off at uh, 10.45 with Night in the Woods, which uh, was directed by Richard Parry, who was there to introduce. He's a former war uh, (laughs) cameraman um, who possibly unwisely came out and said he hadn't really watched much horror. Um, yeah, he also, seems to know all the cliches. Oh, <laughs> oh that, that's not unfair, actually. Um, ahead of the screening, we were asked, you know, uh, before it started, please don't review this, um, <laughs> which I'm tempted to comply with. Um, don't review it because we don't want to give away anything about it. Um, Lord knows why. All right, well, let's comply with that. All we're going to say is it's called Night in the Woods, and it opens with a caption saying, this is found footage from some people who went camping in the woods. Um, there's really nothing much more to tell you about it. Um, and since they don't want us to tell you anything about it, let's not. Yeah, no, the, the less said, the better. Yeah. Although, truly, we should be warning people not to see it. But, you know, make of it what you will. After that, things kind of shuffled off, really. Um we just got social we got social yeah Uh, as we've stressed it's been great to meet up with people over um, this weekend and for most of Monday we stayed in the pub which was probably unwise on our wallets because it was uh, pretty expensive wasn't it it was very expensive we were trying to gear people towards the Chandos Sam Smith's pub but um, failing miserably failing miserably (laughs) indeed so yeah for much of the rest of the day um, yeah we were catching up it was it was great to meet um, in particular um Dan Orty, um, Mondo Dan, who was, uh, we finally got to ca- catch up with. Really lovely guy. You two guys were talking about music for a lot of the time. We you? were, yeah. We were sick of films by this point. Well, absolutely. <laughs> well Dan didn't watch anything at all, did he? Just no. turned up looking, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, looking a little worse for wear. I think Because, yeah, Dan's a fairly recent father, and I think it's uh, rare for him to get the chance to go out and have a few drinks. And he had a few drinks. Took full advantage <laughs> of the situation. <laughs> So yeah, we did sit out. We were intending to watch The Devil's Business, uh, which we didn't get round to. Um, Senantucci, isn't it? Which uh, Rosie, I think, one of the girls we got to meet, called Stanley Tucci, yeah. which was a Swiss movie, which I wish I'd watched now. Yeah, um, that's one of my regrets. This is it. You you know how it is, listeners. Um, you get into a, a drinking pattern, and then 
the, the lure of the drink is uh, like sirens um, <laughs> in, in, the, in the mythical sense. You'd, that film has to seem really appealing to get away from it. Um, and I wish I had watched this. Apparently it was about a bunch of uh, mountain guys who didn't have any women around and had built themselves this kind of scarecrow woman out of straw which had then come to life. Ah, actually, as I shuffle through my papers... I think Rich Sampson... Rich Sampson, yeah. Apologies to Rich, who I, I got to shake hands with and say hello to, but didn't get to speak too much after that. Cause I managed to chat a little bit. You so did, yeah. But yeah. I imagined mm-hmm. everyone was going to stay down the pub, whereas Rich, <laughs> quite wisely, having spent money <laughs> for the day, um, went in to watch the movies. But anyway, actually, he's got another one. Uh, Deadheads. Oh, boy, this was rubbish. Way too lame. <laughs> Way too many lame 80s references. Chronic overacting and metal is as extras for my liking. But Senentucci, brackets or whatever, excellent film, looked amazing, had a freaky three-way rape scene and some weird animal skinning, a really unusual film that had a uniquely Swiss feel to it, <laughs> possibly with a lot of Toblerone product placement, <laughs> definitely worth a rewatch. Some, you know, upset I didn't watch that. Um, actually, Rich also mentioned Night in the Woods that we didn't review. Apparently, we're not allowed to review this movie because of the twists. What fucking twists? There's only one reason you can't review this movie. Yep, because it's ass. <laughs> uh, uh, well put, mate. Yeah. And there's just a little bit of a post-show recording here because I got an email off Andy Rodock. Um, about Senan Tushi, a.k.a. Stanley Tucci, Curse of the Alps. And he wrote, During a drunken night, three lonely herdsmen build the women of their dreams from a broom, straw, and some old clothes. Despite knowing the legend of the Senantushi, or the Stanley Tucci, they still use and abuse a young woman who has come to them in the middle of the night. When the woman turns up in the nearby village, Police Constable Roish protects her from the scared villagers and tries to unravel the series of gruesome murders stretching back several decades, which appear to be linked to the mystery woman. The film looks great and it's no wonder the Swiss Embassy are promoting it. The cast, which includes Roxanne Mosquita, seen recently in Gregor Aki's Kaboom and Rubber in the mute title role, puts in a strong performance. I'd recommend that you check it out as a unique folklore story helps to make it stand out from the usual genre films. Uh, so yeah, poor old Sen and Tucci, but then at 6.30, Inbred, directed by Alex Chandon. Um, I was feeling like I should, you know, you know, be getting there for the... Getting something out of should, the demo. You should go and review, <laughs> you should go watch a film that you leave, can review. <laughs> leave you in peace. Um, Inbred. Um... I really didn't think much of this. Again, I was probably feeling like I'd rather be hanging out with you guys and having a few pints. Um, British made, just really cheap and weak. I, some before it even got starting, as the titles were coming up, everyone's name who appeared was getting a real, you know, whistles and cheers. And it was obvious that the whole cast and crew had got a sort of bunch of twenty seats or something. And just you know, okay, they put the work into making this, but it's it was putting me in a in a bad frame of mind already. Uh, yeah, it just looked to be. Um, I think it was a trip for disturbed youngsters to some centre. Uh, it just seemed really full of, yeah, really weak gags. I just really couldn't bear sitting through an hour and a half of this. So um, I did turn to Lee and say, "I'm going to sit this out," and sort of clambered over him and the other two guys next to us. Um, the director Alex Chandon was sitting right in front of us. Um, I'm sure he heard because I probably wasn't being too um, subtle at this point. He looked an awful lot like Andy Serkis. All oh, right. 
However, once again, we got a few reviews from people who did sit through it. Inbred, from Rich Sampson, every festival needs one of these sorts of films. Carrot rape, minstrels, pig masks, decapitations, disembowelments, shit explosions, I assume he means like, you know, septic tank, car crashes, and Paddy from Emmerdale running around in a dress with a chainsaw. Harsh on people from Yorkshire, but bugger me if I wasn't singing that E by Gum song all the way home. <laughs> so uh, he certainly seems to have a good time with that. That one. sounds like the League of Gentlemen. Um, yeah, I think possibly the the little thing they put on the Fright Fest site compared it to Calvaire, is it the Belgian? Oh yes, yeah. uh, the ordeal. Um, but really, I couldn't I couldn't be doing with this. So uh, yeah, went and had a few more pints, and then came back for the big. Fright Fest finale, um, A Lonely Place to Die, which again is probably going to be quite a big release at the cinemas at the time this is um, this, this show goes up. In fact, as we're recording, um, there's an awful lot of posters for it on bus, uh, bus shelters. Mm. Um, again, not a conventional supernatural horror movie or whatever. Um, there's, there's a lot to recommend about this. Um, the setup has, I think it's... Two girls and three guys, one of whom is Alec Newman, who people might know as um, Paula, uh, was it Paula Trades from the TV series version of Dune? Yeah. Um, off on a mountaineering holiday. I can't tell you where, I'm afraid. It's <laughs> Melissa George as well, isn't it? Really? From Triangle, she was in it. Okay, I'm going to yeah. have to take your word for it. Um, was yeah, it not again, in Scotland? Was it not I think I Scotland? think it was, but I don't want to definitely say. It. <laughs> I was obviously quite blitzed by the end, of, not just through drink, but just through several days of watching films nonstop. Um, I think it was really well done. I mean, you, you can imagine the peril of mountain climbing. There's, there's going to be a certain amount of people falling off and getting smashed and dashed against the rocks. That happens. It's brilliantly done. Um, I don't think it's spoiling too much to say they're in peril because of people who are in the mountains um, but it was great that they weren't inbred hillbillies They seemed, there was a crime element to them these were guys who um, it's almost like the mountaineers have stumbled onto um, a, an overly complicated crime plot which <laughs> I won't describe partly to not spoil it but partly because honestly I wasn't paying as close attention as I needed to and I was in the frame of mind where I did think this was, was going to be quite a simple you shouldn't have come here, hills have eyes kind of thing. The fact that then there was this crime plot to follow was a bit too much for me. Sounds and I, like Stallone's cliffhanger. Uh, actually, yeah, but <laughs> really pretty well done. It was a yeah mm. British crime thriller which happened to have all this, this extra stuff going on in it. Um, and yeah, it comes to a really good finale. I, I, I'd recommend it. Like I say, it's going to be on at multiplexes around the time this show goes up. You could do worse than watch this, especially if Green Lantern's still on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> lurking around anywhere. Um, so yeah, and well, let's go back here. Rich Sampson, a lonely place to die. Pretty good for about 30 minutes, then got silly. I fell asleep quite a bit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, me and, and Rich should and probably he'd do only been there for one day. <laughs> <laughs> me and Rich should probably do a podcast together and we just disagree violently yeah. on everything. That's, um, what, that's what people want, Rin. But yeah, that's uh, that was the end of Fright Fest, really. Um, I then went to see you standing outside the Phoenix Bar on Charing Cross where you looked to be having a good time. Yeah, well, I had way too good a time. Um, well, as I said earlier, sharing uh, Andy's um, 
Jack Daniels and then I fell asleep on the bus, woke up in Walthamstow where I don't live. Was it a lonely place to die? <laughs> it was, it is. <laughs> um, then I made it home and I've literally been suffering for nearly uh, 48 hours. So. <laughs> Which is, yes, reflected in this recording, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so um, besties? Um, kill this, kidnapped, horrible way to die and troll hunter. Okay, worsty. I don't remember I'm not that saying one. it quick enough. Um, <laughs> the woman and the wicker tree. Uh, okay. Oh, and the innkeepers. Um, I'm gonna go with. I mean, kill list was really good, but I'm. A, I'm gonna say Glassman was my favourite. I really did like that a lot. Mm. Um, oh, and Theatre Bazaar, uh, which we've spent a lot of time talking about because of you know it being an anthology film. I really think that's well worth tracking down. It's deeply flawed, but there's some stuff in there that's so original. You know, really like that. Um, yeah, those would be my. T- I didn't think the woman was as bad as all that, but you know. No, I think I'm just trying to be <laughs> more, <laughs> more divisive than I need uh, to yeah. be. Yeah, and like I say, Tucker and Dale, great to see with an audience. And Stormhouse, cheap and a mess, but you know, thumbs up. It, 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 they they were trying real hard there. Mm. Worst for me would be. Innkeepers, I just found dull, and Night in the Woods, competently done for what it was, but just there was no reason for it to have been made. No, oh, yeah, don't be afraid of the dark as well. Oh God, yeah. Well, don't be afraid of the dark. <laughs> uh, yeah, a disappointing way to kick things off, and um, but hey, you were at Fright Fest last year. Mm. How did this compare as a sort of selection of films and? Um, I'd say experience wise the socialising aspect of it was absolutely amazing fantastic loved it great to meet new people film wise I thought it was pretty weak to be honest Um, compared to last year especially but I think if this was my first year I'd I'd be feeling a little bit like is that what it's all about Uh, wow you had an existential moment (laughs) Um, did you run afoul of the barmaid at the imperial Mm, oh no, I didn't. Nah, I was she, well behaved. She with was it. the highlight of the festival for me. <laughs> oh man, yeah, she was fantastic. I did get to speak to her about the human centipede at one point. I don't know if she was just humouring me though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, anyway, there goes uh, there goes fright fest. Bye. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I did it. It was an experience, but I got as as I've said many many times throughout the last few hours. Um, quite a tiring experience I think I might do another film festival at some point but I'd probably want it to be something varied much as I I do like horror films I don't like them that much that I I can watch four days of them non-stop it was kind of like eating cheesecake for every meal well it's kind of telling that like my favourite films generally weren't the horror films you know what we'd yeah consider as the ones the ones that were best were the ones that stood out for not really being horror movies Mm. Anyway, um, thanks for bearing with us. I hope that was useful. Um, quite an unusual show for us to record. Yeah, uh, new films. I don't know. Yes, yeah. we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Next time we'll be back for a normal show, show twenty. Ooh. Um, yeah, which we've yet to finalise a list on and get our act together. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll sort something out. Yeah. So hope you've enjoyed that. Um, see you again soon. Um, don't be afraid of the dark. <laughs> Bye-bye. Broken out of a window in hell.
My personal highlight of the weekend has been spending time with the fans. They've been fabulous.